Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. How much do you trust God? When you look around and see the hardships and challenges we face, do you really trust that God is still with us? Today, we're starting a two-part look at a man in the Bible named Gideon. Through his story, Pastor Nicole is going to show us how we can build a greater trust in God. So let's get started today. Here's Pastor Nicole. So we took the whole month of October um, to study the prophet Elisha. And today we're launching a two-week series on another Old Testament man named Gideon. Um, As I was studying Gideon, the Lord brought to mind a a news story, actually, that I remember uh, when I was in college. So this was quite a a few years ago now. Uh, And it just completely gripped me. You might remember it, too. But it was about a soldier um, who was killed in action in the Middle East, and his name was Pat Tillman. I have a picture of him here. Tillman uh, was drafted into the NFL by the Arizona Cardinals in 1998. Uh, He broke a franchise record with 224 tackles in the year 2000. He was at the top of his game, okay? He was making $3.6 million, never more secure. Uh, The St. Louis Rams, who was the Super Bowl champion at that time, were already after him, uh, offering him three times as much money. Uh, But after the September 11th terrorist attacks, Pat Tillman, at 25 years old, uh, walked away from the NFL. He traded his multi-million dollar contract to make $18,000 a year as an army ranger. He didn't make a big deal about it. He didn't didn't want the news all in his business, although they were. Uh, He enlisted quietly. He didn't want interviews. And he told his friends he wanted to just give something back to his country. Super moving, right? Super incredible that he would make that choice. And two years later, tragically, uh, Tillman was killed about 25 miles from the United States military base in Afghanistan. And his agent in the NFL said this about him at his death. They talk about impact players in this business. Pat was an impact person. He swam against the current. He marked those who knew him. Now, I don't know much about Pat Tillman's motives or even much about his faith in God. I wish I could tell you that he was a Christian and he loved the Lord. I I, I really don't know. There wasn't a lot about that reported. But what I did resonate with, and I remember thinking about then, and what brought it to mind as as I was studying Gideon, was I thought about the convictions that he must have had to make such a 180 in his life. Like the conviction that he must have carried, what he must have believed had to go all the way to his bones to make such a radical decision to turn in another direction. And that's what we see in Gideon. That's what we see in this Bible character is this radical conviction. Here's the thing about Gideon. He was just a regular guy. He wasn't very impressive at first look. But his choices flowed out of his faith in God, and they were radical. He did things that maybe even surprised himself because he had such a radical faith, and he had so much conviction in who God is. He did this alongside many movers and shakers of the Old Testament. And in fact, in Hebrews 11, um, there's a whole chapter about people just like Gideon, regular old people that believed so much in the God that they served that they did incredible things. I'm just going to read to you a few verses from Hebrews 11. 
uh, it goes on, and then it comes to this, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, he's first listed, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and rooted foreign armies. There's so much more that can be said in Hebrews 11, but here's the thing. Gideon was a hero of faith, not because he was famous, not because he um, had a lot of resources or he was well-known, but he was a hero of faith because he trusted God. He was a regular guy who trusted God in a supernatural way and had really deep convictions that what God said he could do, he would do. That was the convictions that Gideon lived his life with. And and you know what's so encouraging to me? Is that something that we can be too? That we can be regular people buried in snow in November in Erie, Pennsylvania, and we can have supernatural trust in a supernatural God. So we're going to look at Judges 6 today. Uh, Next week, we're going to look at Judges 7. These are really the two primary places that we see Gideon. And today, out of Judges 6, I pulled four lessons we can learn to help us trust God more, okay? I made a little worksheet for you if you want to follow along, if you're a note taker. Four things that I believe Gideon is teaching us in order to trust him more. So here's the context in Judges 6. Um, The nation of Israel is actually coming out of a time of relative ease. The bills are paid, the kids are behaving, business is good, okay, everything is coming up roses. And it tends to happen to us, I, I believe, and to them, that in such times like this, Israel forgot God. They became self sufficient. They didn't need God, and they began to sin and lose sight of God. And Gideon was part of this. Israelite people. He was part of of the people who were doing these things. So in Judges 6, uh, 1 through 2, it says this, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. So what's happening is um, the Midianites are oppressing the Israelites, and, and it's so bad. They, they, they're in famine. They uh, can't, um, they, they don't feel protected. They have all of these difficult things happening to them that it actually literally says they went and hid in the mountains, and they, they just set up camps and tried to hide from these Midianite people. And what we see happening here is God is lifting his hand of protection over these people, Now, God is not causing the pain. God is not causing the angst, but he is allowing the invasion of the Midianites into the camp. And the hard times, these difficult times, are what God is about to use to reveal to the Israelites they have lost their sight of faith. They're they're off course. He needs to help them get on course. As I was thinking about this, the thing about faith Um, is you can't tell by looking at a person how much faith they have. You You might assume, you know, like, wow, that person's really worshiping, or wow, that person's really sharing a lot of, 
memes on Facebook, you know, or they must have a lot of faith. You, you can make an assumption, but truly you can't tell on the outside how much faith someone really has. In fact, I asked um, Josiah and Pastor Quint to come up here. I have a, I have a little illustration um, to help us see this, okay? So you can't actually tell how much faith people have. So um, Josiah is going to hold this bucket elegantly, as I may say so myself, in his, his look and fly outfit here. Okay, so he's holding this bucket. Now, from where you're sitting, can you see how much water is in this bucket? Anybody? I made the bucket black, see, so that you couldn't actually see there. Okay, so you have no idea how much water is in this bucket. Now, I can see because I can look right here, but from the outside, we can't see, right? There's no idea. So how could we find out how much water is in this bucket? How, I mean, what would be like one way that we could do it? All right, so if Pastor Quint just like pushed Josiah a little bit, give him a little shove, maybe give him a bigger shove. <laughs> He's very strong. How much water? Oh, okay. Right, so. <laughs> he told me to really push him, but as the guy in charge of facilities, I'm not really incentivized to see this floor like super, super wet. So. <laughs> Next time I'm picking someone else. No, but wait, stay here. Stay here, Josiah. Quint, you can leave. All right. <laughs> so. Okay, so Josiah got pushed a little bit, and things spilled out of the bucket, right? And so we saw what happened. Just hold that there for a second. So here's the deal. Faith inside a person is like this water bucket. When circumstances bump you, you spill what you're full of. Right? I mean, you, you, you spill it. You spill what you're full of. When life shakes you up a little bit, what's inside of you comes out. I mean, you, you just can't even really help it. Even if you held that bucket as much as you could when Quentin gave you that shove, that, that was coming out, right? No matter what would happen. If you are filled with faith, what comes out? Faith. <laughs> Thank you. If you are filled with doubt, what comes out? Doubt. Circumstances bump you, and what you're full of, something comes out. If you have a bad quarter at work, sales are way off. Bump. What spills? Faith or doubt, right? You get a, you get a, a news from the doctor that you weren't um, actually expecting. What spills out? Faith or doubt. Bumps are going to happen. God places regular tests of faith in front of his children. The purpose of the test isn't to reveal your faith. It isn't to reveal your faith. Listen, it's to refine your faith. Because here, follow me. God knows how much water is in this bucket already, okay? God doesn't need to test your faith. He knows how much faith is in you. Do you know why your faith needs tested? God tests your faith so you know how much is in there. So that you know. Because all of a sudden when you get bumped around and doubt is spilling out and anger is spilling out and frustration is spilling out, you can go, oh, wait a minute. I need some more faith in my bucket. Thank you, Josiah. Give Josiah a round of applause. Good work. God tests your faith so you can know how much is in there. And that's what's happening in this scripture. He's saying, look, I'm letting these things happen to the Israelites. I'm letting seven years of bumps. I want to ask you today, how many months, how many years of bumps has it been for you? Bumps and bumps and bumps. Verse 6 says, Midian so impoverished the Israelites, that they cried out to the Lord for help. Finally, the Israelites cry out to the Lord for help. Why did they wait so long to turn to the Lord? Why bump 
after bump, after bump, after bump. Why did they wait so long to turn to the Lord? Well, because they're a lot like us. They waited until every possible option played out. They couldn't take it any longer. And instead of going to God first, they went to him as a last resort. You know, maybe you're in a circumstance right now that you've been going on for quite some time and you haven't yet asked God for help. Perhaps you've been racking your brain on how to solve the problem, or maybe you've done your fair share of complaining about the situation, or you've consulted all the experts, including Google and WebMD, uh, but, you, but you haven't truly called to God for help. Maybe you think he's busy. Maybe you think he doesn't care. Maybe you haven't thought about it before. But what we need to learn from Gideon right here is this, call to God for help first. Don't wait seven years of bumps. <laughs> Go for it now. And as that happens, God will help us in the middle of those trials. So here's the trust lesson number one in Judges 6. God uses tough times to get our attention. God uses tough times to get our attention. Does he have your attention? What's spilling out over the bumps? God knows and wants to help you. He wants to get your full attention. You know, the wonderful thing about God is that even sometimes when we are slow in returning to him, he is never slow in responding to us. I just love that. He's not like, well, you waited seven years, so I'm just gonna let you, you know, wait a little bit longer. In Judges 6, 7 through 8, it shows that as soon as those Israelites cried out to God, he moved in mercy toward them. The minute, the second, the moment. It's like God's waiting up there being like, ask me, ask me, ask me. I want to help you. Ask me. Because he wants so much to show his mercy and his love towards us. And he tells us the truth and he begins to work behind the scenes to help us. Okay, so in this story, for Israel, first he sends an unnamed prophet to call them back to total surrender and full devotion. And God's plan for the Israelites also included this guy named Gideon. And we see Gideon in Judges 6 verse 11. We're going to skip down a little bit in the chapter. He's threshing wheat in a wine press so that he can hide, uh, he can hide it and feed his people. So um, what's happening is those Midianites are taking all the food. So Gideon was like, I'm going to go in like a secret wine press. I'm going to thresh this wheat so that I can keep it. We can make bread and, you know, we're hungry. I can feed some of my family. Now, normally when you thresh wheat, you do it in the open because the wind can come and like blow the chaff away. And it's just easier to, to do it kind of in an open space. And so the fact that Gideon is hiding in an underground wine press matters. Okay. You might've read over that quickly if you've read the scripture and thought, okay, I don't know why he's doing wheat in a wine press, but this is why he, he's hiding. He's in a place that he never expected to be. Okay, he's fearful. He doesn't want to draw any attention to himself. He's hoping to, to thresh the wheat so he can save it and hide it and make bread. And really, he is um, sad, he's frustrated, he's discouraged, uh, he's fearful. And I love how God always sees more than we do. Do you love that? I love how God always cuts deep to the heart and the truth of every situation. And he sees us for who he made us to be. So Judges 6, 12, Gideon's hiding. He's afraid. He's fearful. Here's what happens. Verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon, this is what he says. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. 
Okay, just imagine that for a minute, right? Giddens probably like, pardon, pardon me? <laughs> like, are, were you talking to me? Like, I, I think I'm the only one in this wine press, but I'm hiding here. I'm frustrated. I am scared to death. And I don't know who you're talking to calling a mighty warrior because it's not me. I think God's left me. I've been crying out for help and he's not helping me. And here's the trust lesson number two. God always sees more than we do. God always sees more than we do. You know, one of the biggest lies we tell ourselves is that God only uses special people. That God only uses the people who have the education or God only uses the people that have that gift or God only uses the people that, that are recognized by other people. If you are a born-again believer, you are God's child, you're his friend, you're his masterpiece, you've been justified, you've been freed forever from the condemnation from God, you are adopted into his family, you are, have citizenship in heaven, you belong to God, you're never to be separated for his love. Chantal's excited about this, I don't know about the rest of you, but you have everything from him, right? And you need, you, you have everything for him to live a life of godliness and God knows who you are. Listen, God knows who you are even if you don't. Man, I'm thankful for that. Even when I don't know I'm a mighty warrior, God says, hey, mighty warrior. Hey, Gideon, you don't see this in yourself, but I see it in you and God always sees more than we do. So then <clears throat> we see this exchange between the Lord and Gideon. I'm going to read it to you from Judges 6, uh, 13 through 16. So Gideon says, pardon me, Lord, um, but if the Lord is with us, uh, why has this all happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. I love how Gideon just looks at God and is like, you, let it, you, know, you abandoned us. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in strength. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? <laughs> Gideon's like, um, pardon me one more time, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I'm with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So Gideon's like, I mean, his wheels are turning, right? Because he's thinking, this, this math does not add up. He, he still isn't understanding this is a divine equation. And he keeps saying to the Lord, here's all my weaknesses. My clan's the weakest. In fact, I'm the weakest of the weakest. <laughs> like, my clan is the weakest, and I'm the weakest one in my clan. And I don't have any authority, and I don't have any men hiding that'll just come out if I ask them to. And I don't have any resources, and you know what's so interesting? God says something in verse 16 that just, ah, it just should change us. God does not say, no problem, Gideon. I have a bunch of stuff in a warehouse on 6th Street you can go get, and it'll help you. Or uh, don't worry about it. I'm going to send a storm, and it's going to blind everybody. Do you know what he says? I'll be with you. You can tell me all the things. You can give me all the reasons, but I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I promise I'll be with you. And we say to the Lord, right, my heart is so broken. I can't face another day. And God says, listen, I'll be, I'll be with you. What if I don't have the money for this upcoming expense that's coming? And God says, listen, I'll be with you. 
I don't know how to make the right decision in this moment. God says, listen, I'll be with you. And this is trust lesson number three from Gideon. God's presence changes things. God's presence changes things. We don't always understand how. We don't always understand why. Sometimes we want God to send us with things that, that, that are physical in nature, right? So we can go with them. Can you just give me the million dollars? I promise I'll tithe on it, you know? Like, just give it over. And God says, listen, I'm going to be with you. I was in this season um, where I was worrying a lot. Like, my worries had worries. Anybody have that? Okay, like, anyone with me? Sometimes, like, my wor- I was worried about worrying, okay? Like, that, that was happening. And, and I, was, I was worried about what could happen and all the things that didn't happen. And, and in fact, worry is very much a, a battle I fight. I have to conquer every day with, with the word of God. But I was talking to the Lord about it. And he said something to me um, that really has changed me uh, since that time. And he, and he said, you know, when you worry, when you play out the what ifs, when, when you imagine the worst, it never factors in the presence of God. Because the presence of God can't live in worry. That's not where the the presence of God doesn't live in worry. And so the presence of God doesn't live in fear. So when we imagine the worst of circumstances, we are not factoring in the presence of God in those scenarios. And God's presence changes things. Like God's presence is the trump card. And so the Lord didn't say to me, "Uh, don't worry, none of that will ever happen to you. He just said, If that happens to you, I'm going to be there. And my presence does something different in that moment than what you are imagining would happen. And this is why the scripture says, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't borrow fear from the future. Don't think about what it would be like if God wasn't in that moment. Because we have a promise, and that promise is that he will be with us every moment. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And we see this reminder here with Gideon. Yes, Gideon, those are all valid what ifs. Those are hard. Those are difficult things that might happen, but I'll be with you. And that changes everything. All right, Judges 6. God's getting Gideon ready to fight this big battle. If this were a movie, I'm imagining like the ominous music, you know, is playing. You're sitting on the edge of your chair. Um, and uh, the enemy has actually crossed over the river and are poised to attack. I want to read to you Judges 6, 33. It says, Now all the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. So not even just the Midianites, now they brought friends, okay? And they're all camping and they're ready to attack. It's getting really real. And Gideon starts to doubt all over again. Have you ever been there? Like, like you're feeling good, you're feeling good, you're feeling full of faith, you're feeling ready, and then like you wake up on a Thursday and it's just like everything you, you had tried to believe, it just like, you, oh, you know, wait a minute, maybe it's not gonna be okay. Maybe, maybe I'm not gonna, this isn't gonna work out. And all that doubt kind of comes in and you look in the mirror and you think, I, I, I just don't know about this. Maybe everything I've been believing and everything I've been thinking isn't even real. Have you ever had that moment? Like you're faith-filled and you're faith-filled, but then every once in a while that doubt comes in and you're like, oh no, what am I going to do? This is what's happening with Gideon. And he has this kind of um, a fleece episode, if you remember this about the fleece. Uh, and, and, 
I like, I found a video I want to show you. It's just a minute long. It's just simple. It's geared toward children. Sometimes I really need that. But this is kind of the moment that he has the fleece. So watch this for just a quick minute. God's story. Gideon. So part of God's story is about a man named Gideon. And it begins like this. Israel, God's special family, had turned against the one real God and worshipped idols. They had forgotten how God had loved and cared for them and needed a reminder that he was the one in charge. So God took away the Israelites' farms for seven long years. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, God would let another nation called the Midianites sweep through and camp on Israel's land, ruining everything that was growing there. But even though his own family had forgotten him, God still loved them deeply. So, at the end of the seven years, God appeared to a young Israelite named Gideon. God said he was going to free the Israelites with Gideon's help. Gideon, however, wasn't so sure. So he asked God to prove himself by performing a series of miracles. Gideon said, if the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you're going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. That's what happened. Just to be sure, the next night, Gideon asked God to do the opposite, make the fleece dry and make the ground wet. And God did it. Next, he even sent a sign through an angel. Gideon was finally convinced that God was in his corner, so he called together an army to fight against the Midianites. All right. So God's story. Gideon, Gideon. is saying, uh, God, if the ground is wet and the fleece is dry, I'll know it's you. Wait, wait, wait. If the fleece is wet and the ground is dry, I know it's you. Send me another sign. I'm not convinced yet. Okay, now both wet, both dry, both dry, both wet. <laughs> like, you know, he, he's just he's just panicking. Like, there's an army over there, and it's coming. And, like, I know you said, but I'm just not sure yet. I love how loving and tender and patient God is with us. Gideon is making a deal with God. He wants a confirming sign, and God graciously confirms his power to Gideon, not just once, but twice. And you know what that teaches me and what teaches us? Lesson number four, God is patient with our faith process. He's patient with our faith process. In fact, can we just thank God for that today? How many of you are just grateful? Just give God thanks. Like, thank you for being patient with me. <laughs> Thank you that I go around this mountain and, and, and you're always faithful, but you're patient with me. You know, thankful that I recognize sometimes I'm a little difficult. Sometimes I'm a slow learner. Sometimes I want the fleece dry and wet and dry and wet before I risk anything. Yet God shows up and he's faithful. And, and, and he says, look, I, I'll walk you through the process. God is patient with our faith process. So this brings us uh, to the end of Judges 6. And the worship team's about to come on out. And Gideon is all ready to face this army and save his people. But I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger. Because you'll have to come back next week to see what happens. To end part two of Gideon. But I want you to stand today. We're going to sing this in response. But let me remind you these things. God uses tough times to get our attention. So if you're in a tough time, have you asked God for help? Are you giving him your attention? God always sees more than we do. God's presence changes things. And God is patient with our faith process. We're going to sing this song here in a minute. Uh, but I want you to just sit tight. Right after this song, I, I just have a closing announcement that I want to make. So don't slip out too fast. But let's just take a moment. 
and hear God's word. Let's sing this today. Oh God, oh God, I need you now. You're the same. You were the same when Gideon was praying for a miracle and you're the same God that you are today. You're patient with us. Your presence always changes things and you always see more than we do. So God, we praise you. We give you thanks. Fill us with faith so that when the bumps come and we we, we overflow, we, we uh, get things um, out of us, it's faith that spills out, not doubt. It's hope that fills out, not, not frustration or anger. God, would you fill us with your word? Would you fill us with your spirit? Would you fill us with faith? We're trusting you. You're the same God through generation and generation. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the Erie First podcast. We'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find Erie First on Facebook or Instagram, or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.